Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And we continue our efforts to try to keep you informed in terms of what's going on as our kids face, uh, and teachers and and everybody else, parents, uh, face the challenges that come with going back to school here in, in Orange County and in Central Florida. And so... Um, first of all, we want to uh, – I want to go back and thank Kevin Anderson for joining us yesterday to kind of give us a little insight in terms of whether or not our children have civil rights, um, our students have civil rights. Um, we talked a little bit afterwards, and we may be doing a part two with that. We will let you know. But in the meantime, um, there is a, a school, a place called Positive Pathways here in in Orlando area, and the dean of that program, Melody Davis, joins us today. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time out. Really appreciate it. We know that um, things are not slow uh, with with the first day just around the corner, so uh, we appreciate you um, carving some, some time out for us. So, Tell us, give us a brief synopsis, first of all, in terms of what Positive Pathways is and how it works in Orange County. Well, Positive Pathways is a school in Orange County that has been put in place. Um, it's your school that service students. It's Well, what makes us unique is because we service schools, students from schools all over the entire district. Um, you know, most schools are divided up by zip code and by geographical location. However, we service students from the entire district because these are your students that have gone to the public traditional school setting and have committed a level four offense, which is one of the worst behavior or discipline offenses that's coded in the Orange County public school system. And because they have uh, committed this level four offense, we provide them a second opportunity at education before telling them, okay, you know what, you have become an endangerment to the students and staff at your school, so you need to go find education elsewhere. So these students, they commit a level four offense. They are given due process because that's very important to know. Um, They're not just sent here. They have been given due process, meaning they have gone before the board, they have had meetings, um, and they have been deemed eligible to be sent over to our program where we service them. Um, Some students come here for up to 180 days, which is a full school year, and some is less as 90 days, which is, you know, typically your three months. And the students that come on the 90-day terms, those are typically your students that have um, 
disabilities and other things, which will, you know, give them a different um, stay here at Positive Pathways. Okay, so how many students do you have in the program? And is, is there a limit uh, in terms of, you know, who can be in the program, um, especially if it maxes out at capacity? Well, you just asked a very <laughs> a very touchy question. So okay. we're, today's our first day back. Today's the first day that we're about welcoming our teachers back on campus. And um, I was actually doing a training this morning, um, the discipline team. We were just kind of putting our teachers and our new teachers up to speed and making them abreast of the changes that we're going to implement as far as um, the discipline program is concerned here. And so that number, that, that question came up as far as how many are we opening with. Um, let me just add that I work year-round, so I don't get a summer vacation. Um, I've been here from the start of summer up until today. I have not taken vacation yet, um, and I will be soon, but um, I'm here, so I'm here all summer long. I get to see the students and the families that come in to register students. You know, I'm the person behind the scenes dealing with a lot of the paperwork and a lot of the policy changes in those places during the summer. That's typically what summers are spent for. Um, so yesterday we actually went through, we did our spreadsheet and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of combed through our numbers. Um, and we, this year we realized that we are at a uniquely high amount of students starting with the first day of school. Um, so it appears that we're going to be opening the school year with 354 students on our roster, which is uniquely high. Um, but, you know, these are students that basically offended last school year, and they still owe us time. So just because the school year end does not mean that, oh, you know, come the last day of school, I get to go back to my home school. No, you still have to, you know, finish your time, and whatever date has been set in your district meeting is the date that you get to transition back. So we are at a unique high this school year for some reason or another, um, and we're going to get through it. It's going to be okay. You know, we've done a lot of um, staffing as far as trying to make sure we have proper staffing in place, and that was also a challenge of ours. And I know we'll get to that later in the segment, so I won't mm -hmm. say too much about that. Um, but we um, have also, you know, done other things and tried to put other things in place to try to maximize the use of space. Um, and you asked about capping out. Unfortunately, because our students, they come in on a rotational basis, they rotate in and out. So, you know, because they don't stay, all of them don't stay the full year. They all, you know, they don't all come the same day and leave the same day. Um, we haven't gotten to a place as of yet, knock on wood, to where we've had to say, okay, you know what, um, we can't take any more bodies. Have we been overpopulated? Oh, yes, absolutely. We've been overpopulated, I can say, for the last two years. But we have to um, take what we got. I mean, you know, people that work here, they're committed to what they do, what we do, and we're here because we're committed to servicing these students. Um, and I say all the time, like, we're in the trenches. Like, people don't understand it's real life behind these doors. Like, we are really in the trenches. Like, we are overpopulated. we got kids everywhere, but we come to work every day. We roll up our sleeves. We figure out how we're going to make it work, how it's going to be a safe learning environment for these kids. And at the end of the day, our ultimate goal is for these students to still be able to be provided with an education. So um, as far as, you know, reaching maximum capacity, technically, if we had to be technical, we reach maximum, we probably already are at maximum capacity, but will we turn kids away? Mm -hmm. No. We'll just figure out how to make it work. 
Well, that's good, and that's comforting. And, and, and I find it very comforting that these kids, even whatever, you know, mistakes they may have made or whatever that put them at that position, they have to be there, that there is a place for them to land and maybe try to sort through and figure out whatever it is that, that they need to figure out so that they can continue on the right path. So I am glad the program is there. I am sad. Um, like you said, apparently there is an increase and that, that is troublesome and that bothers me. Um, when, yeah. Does this does the program work on helping? I guess I want to know: Does it help the students understand how they got to where they are when they come to your program, and how to like make sure they don't have to come back? Well, um, that's a twofold question. Considering the fact that we have a lot of students that come here and they have different disabilities, as in, you know, learning curves and, you know, what have you. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's answer it for the general population. For the general population student, there's a, I would say, and I'm going to be honest and transparent, um, there's a 7 out of 10 percent chance where they can own their problem or own, you know, their wrong and say, you know what, I did this. It's my fault that I'm here. I'm going to accept responsibility for my actions, and we're going to figure out a way how we can get through this and not come back. But then there's that other, you know, those other the other three percent or the other, you know, three out of the ten students that say, "Oh, you know, y'all put me here. I'm y'all the reason why I'm here. You know, it's a part of the system. You don't want to see me fail. You don't want me to be great." So it's that situation, and we have so much of that where it's always, you know, it's excuses for why they're here and excuses for the reason why they did what they did. Um, But then you have the students that have the disabilities where, you know, there are times when things are done, and quite naturally because they have those disabilities, they may not understand that it's not right to display the behavior that landed them here. But then, you know, once they get here, we have so many supports in place to help them understand that you're here. This may be, you know, a very awkward moment for you. You've got to get some, you know, do some readjusting and try to get used to being here. But while you are here, we have these supports in place to help you understand that this is what we expect of you in, as a student of Orange County Public School to remain in compliance with the student code of conduct so you don't come back. And, you know, okay. at, at that time, we're very, very, you know, we've seen a very, very high success rate with students, you know, wanting to do the right thing and not wanting to come back. Then there's the other side of it where we have students that come here. They fall in love with the passion and the, you know, the compassion that we explain, you know, that we display to them. And it's a smaller setting, so they're getting the one-on-one support that they wouldn't get at their other schools, and they're getting, you know, the more attention and the more love, you know, just, you know, the, the, it's, it's more um, cohesive here. So mm-hmm. there are students that will reoffend on purpose just to come back to this setting because it's not a setting where a student can say, oh, you know, I just would rather be a student at positive pathways. It has to be a situation where students have to be ordered here. And so because they know the only way for them to come here is for them to reoffend, we have had those situations mm. as well, sadly. <sighs> okay. All right, so that that so that's like you said. There's so many things that could lead to another conversation. Like, for example, what is failing them in the regular school system that makes them feel that they have to, you know, go to an extreme to get to your, you know, your school. So there's there's, right. there's something missing. 
So that but like you like we were saying, there's so many other conversations that could be had. But um so yeah. tell us how how many um staff and faculty do you have uh to serve these students? So currently, um we are at eighty two faculty and staff on campus. Okay. All right. So I, I was just kind of trying to get a sense of the ratio of, of student to, to teacher or student to uh, staff or faculty member. So, um, so that's, uh, I guess you would say at this time approximately, and I don't know how that's divided up really um, or who serves well, what, what function. I was just going to say maybe with four, four, a four-to-one ratio. But, but go ahead. Please, please elaborate. So, well, you know, with it being, this, like I say, a very unique situation, um, it's not a traditional school setting, um, even though we offer traditional learning. Um, it's kind of hard to say what the ratio is because we have so many other support staff on, you know, on campus to be able to provide additional supports that are not directly in the classroom. Now, I will say this, say that, you know, if you're speaking in terms of how many students to a classroom, we try to cap out at no more than 18 students per classroom, which means that you have 18 students in your classroom. However, you have one or, on a good day, two additional support staff sitting right outside of a classroom so that in, you know, those times when there is a situation, you know, you need, they need that immediate help, all they have to do is open up their classroom door and then they have that help right there at their door for them. So, you know, that immediate support that's in place in those times. And, and what are the, the age? Have, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Now, I was going to say, so not all of our classrooms will ever reach that 18 to um, mm-hmm. 1 ratio because, you know, our high school students, we really tend to see that the population in high school is significantly lower than the middle school population. Um, and so you're asking about the age range here. We service from kindergarten through 12. Wow. And we have had some kindergarten students on campus, sadly enough, um, but it happens. Wow. Ooh, gee. Okay. All right. Well, the, the you know, my, my thinking is the earlier that you can catch them, the better. So, um, but anyway, we're going to come back and with more questions, and I'm sure you have more that you want to let everybody know about. So we are here with, Dean Melody Davis of Positive Pathways here in Orange County. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gathering.
inquiries at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are still continuing our back to school and, uh, you know, career path, uh, you know, series here. We started last week. We're continuing a little bit this week, and we'll be doing some shows interspersed throughout uh, the month of August. So we are pleased to uh, welcome back uh Dean Melody Davis of Positive Pathways, and if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. Okay, that whole thing with the kindergarten uh, thing kind of threw me, but um, like I said, I guess the earlier you, you find out what's going on, the better. So um, does is the calendar, I know you said you've been working all year, is the calendar the, pretty much the same as the regular school year? Oh, absolutely. We are completely on Orange County's calendar. We follow all of Orange County guidelines and rules and policies and procedures. We're completely governed by Orange County. So, you know, everything that would happen in traditional school year, traditional school days, traditional school calendar, all go for the same with us. Um, so I I'm, I'm guess I'm curious about when they come into the program, let's say whenever they got into their situation and they let's say they were in eighth grade, do they come into your program at the same grade level as they were when they um, got into their situation? They do, um, and I can say this um, because it's so funny that, you know, our school has such a very, very negative stigmatism to it. So, you know, a lot of times people hear about our school's um, and they don't, their kids to come here, they're like, oh, I don't want my kids to go to that bad school. They're going to be exposed to certain things I don't expose them to. Um, and it's just, you know, they think the ugliest, worst that could possibly happen happens here. Mm-hmm. Now, let me just say this um, because people don't understand. Now, you ask about students coming in. We have several students that come in that's overaged. And if we look at, things that happen, if we look at the norm, most of the time the students that are causing all of the disruptions in the classroom, the students that are, you know, doing all of the, you know, having all of the behavior issues are going on, and this is, you know, age hotels, are typically the students that are either over age or they're behind or they have a learning um, gap, right? Mm-hmm. So I found that to say most of the time we have students that come here and they are behind. They are not on their grade level. Um, we have that come to our school that are sometimes 17 in mm-hmm. middle school. Mm-hmm. The glorious thing about being here and the fact that we are so committed to these students' success, we provide them opportunities to be able to get some extracurricular, you know, learning going on. We pair them mm-hmm. with some amazing professionals that we have on campus, and we have been very, very successful with allowing these students to do some additional work and get themselves caught up. So that by the time they leave here, they are able to transition back to their home school, but on grade level. So I tell them okay, to say not good. everything happening here is always negative. We have a lot of positivity that's going on here, and, you know, we do a lot of the things that, 
traditional school settings can't do to make sure that mm-hmm. our students are successful. And, you know, once we allow these students to get, you know, earn being placed back in their right grade, we don't see them. Like, we haven't had any student that we have gotten promoted back to their right grade and they have returned because now they're back on track. Now they realize that, oh, I don't have to act out because, you know, I'm where I should be. Um, or, you know, they're with the students of their same age that's going to also hold them accountable for their behavior. So the chances of them coming back, it decreases significantly because they are where they should be. Good, good. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Okay, so how is a how does a typical day work out for for someone at Positive Pathways versus if they were in a regular Orange County school? Come here. Um, so I'm going to talk about what happened previously. Um, this year we have okay the most amazing thing that has happened, and I'll get to that. Um. But I'm going to give you what it looked like um, in the past. So in the past, students would typically get up. Um, they would, you know, quite naturally get on their bus. Our school day started here at 10 o'clock a.m., um, which means, you know, they got to school very late. So our students would get up in the morning. They would get dressed. They would get on their bus. They would come here. Once they got on campus, they would have to go through a search process where they go through metal detectors. They have multiple adults at the metal detectors. They search their book bags. They check their shoes. Um, you know, just to make sure that they're not bringing any weapons on campus. Now, I know you probably say, wow, that sounds harsh, but we have to remember that these students are here for committing all the four offenses, such as being caught with the weapons at their school. So because, you know, they've done it at their home school, we have to make sure they don't do it here. So they go through the metal detectors, and once they're able to successfully clear the metal detector, they come on campus, they go get their breakfast. After their breakfast is over, they head to their first period class. They have first through seven periods here, like a traditional school. Um, You know, they have their lunch. But what would happen is typically we would get out of school, and we didn't have dedicated bus routes, which means Mm. or which meant that the students would get out of school at 4, 350. We would start dismissal at 350. 350, 450, sometimes Mm. 550. Students are still waiting for buses to come pick them up. Oh, dear. So, oh, no. Right. You have a student that will be waiting 550. I've been here because I was the person on campus designated to be here until the mm-hmm. last student was on campus, was gone. And I have been here sometimes till 8.15 p.m. Oh, geez. Trying to get that, that's, home. That's too much time. Long <laughs> Too much time. That's where too I much mean, time too much on time their hands. For my children. <laughs> yes. Yes, you know, by by now you, you're talking students that are hungry. And, I mean, even though, you know, once that bus get here, they may have to drive from our school, which is located on the west side of town, to mm-hmm. Lake Nona. They may have to drive to Ooh. the Orange Kissimmee line. They may have to drive over to the east side. So they still have another 40, 50 minutes on the bus now before they get home. Right. So that was our traditional day, which led to, you know, a lot of things happening after school because now the kids are antsy, they're ready to get home. We have students that have um, criminal situations um, that mm-hmm. happen, and, you know, they have to be home by a certain time. They have to be in the house by a certain time. So now, mm-hmm. you know, their anxiety has been heightened up because, oh, my God, I'm not going to make it home by six, my 6 o'clock curfew. I'm going to get violated. Well, there's nothing mm-hmm. we can do because I can't put you in my car, check you home. We just got to wait for your bus to get here. And this is what mm-hmm. we have – dealt with, um, you know, and it was, you know, very frustrating to me because, like I said, I couldn't leave until the last student was off this campus. Meanwhile, you know, my my kids, my personal children, um, 
because I call my kids at school my children as well, but my children at home, you know, they mm-hmm. wouldn't see mommy sometimes. And it was, you know, very frustrating for me because I'm like, you know, I'm going to get my children because I needed to do a job. But at the end of the day, I can say that prayer changes things. Um, we have been awarded the opportunity this year to be able to start school at 7 a.m. <gasps> and we will be off. Yes, and so that means that they have given us. Now, this is what they're telling us. We will know for sure next week. We're about things to uh-huh. cross, but I believe these prayers work. Um, so we are supposed to have dedicated bus routes this year, which means that, you know, your traditional school students go to school on their bus. Once they get out of school, they walk outside. The buses are lined up. They get on their bus. They go home. Mm-hmm. That's what we have been promised to have this year. So we're hoping that, you know, they hold up their end of the deal. And we have dedicated mm. routes, which means that students won't be stuck after school for two, three, sometimes four hours waiting for a bus to come get them. The buses should all be lined up here, and they will take our students away, and we will end our day like a traditional school. Y'all, let's keep this in so, prayer. Seriously. I was just talking to my husband the other day about when I went to school. I'm like, it was dark. I was standing there. I've had the bus pass me because they didn't see me because it was dark, you know, but we, you got, you made do, you got up, you went to school, you know, and, and, and the adults went to work. I, I don't understand this going to school late thing. It, I think it just messes everything up, but that's just me. So. Yeah, they, we did it. Well, that's good. I, I hope that does help because, um, you know, like I said, my husband and I were having this discussion and throwing out scenarios the other day, and it's like, you know, the, the the kids need to know how to get up just like an adult gets up for a job. The kid needs to learn how to get up and go to school um, in the morning and, and do what they're supposed to do, and you go to lunch a certain time, and you get off a certain time, and you you know, you do your homework and your housework and everything else, you know, and, 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 you know, I mean, we want kids to enjoy childhood, but we also need them to know that, uh, you know, this, these are the things that you need to work on to kind of manage your life as you become an adult, you know, so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, how how is it determined that a particular child has um accomplished what they're supposed to accomplish while they're at positive pathways? Well, we use different methods and means to um, kind of gauge and judge success, what we call, what we consider success here. Success for us okay. means that a student has come here, um, they have not get, gotten any behavior and consequences or infractions since they've been here. Successful. Success for us, student comes here, and we're able to get them promoted to their right grade. Successful. Success to us is when a student comes here and they're able to articulate to you that, oh, my God, I know I messed up and I never want to come here again, and guess what? They don't come back. Those are all of the ways that we measure success um, while students are here. Um, you know, you have students all over the county that come. Um, and unfortunately, let me just talk about the reality of what we have going on in our society right now with our kids. Okay. We all know that there's a lot of gang activity going on. We see it on the news mm-hmm. every day. With that being the case, you have whatever gang activity Johnny has on the east side, 
that now is under the same roof with the gang activity that Lester has on the west side. So we have mm-hmm. all of these different personalities, groups, organizations, illegal organizations, all under one roof. And I like to use the analogy, you know, people laugh at me all the time because I use the analogy that we have 300 kids in a one-bedroom apartment because it's not a big <laughs> facility, it's not a big building, and we have to all live together. We have to make it work. So, unfortunately, in those situations when we have all of these students from all over the county that come all under one roof, there are going to be times when this happened in the community this weekend and now we're going to bring it to school and I'm going to get you when I get to school. And so, yeah, we're, they, we come to school just to fight. It's reality. It happens. Mm. Success to us is when we know that this happened this weekend and a student comes and say, oh, hey, Ms. Davis, I just want to let you know that, you know, this these people met up at the fair to fight and it didn't happen. And they said they're going to fight when they get to school this morning. And I'm able to go and pull them because they see me as being a mama hen at the school because I listen. I have to remind the kids like I have to look like this, I have to dress cute and professional because I have this is my job. But don't in no way think I'm scared because I'm not. I'm here because I want to be here. Um, I was you when I was your age, but I just didn't get caught. So <laughs> I tell that to say that I consider. I, I said all the time like I'm gonna get in the gutter and I'm gonna get in the trenches with you because I'm not. You don't intimidate me. So when I pull them, I pull them and I talk to them to get in front of the situation in such a way to let them know, like, I know what's going on. You can sit here and tell me it's not. But by the time I give them all of the information that I have, they have no choice but to be honest and truthful with me. And because I develop, I feel like it is very important to develop a relationship with your students. That is the most important thing. Um, and so I do that from day one. And because I develop a relationship with my students and they know that I'm genuine and, you know, after I suspend them, you're going to get these 10 days, but I'm going to give you a hug and tell you I love you and I see you on 10 days. But you're going to do these 10 days, but I, it has nothing to do with how I feel about you. And because they know that I'm coming from a genuine place, when I ask certain things, they tell me the truth. And I keep it on with them. I'm like, listen, you come here, whatever you got going on, don't fight here. If you're going to fight, y'all fight when y'all get home. Don't do that here because I'm not interested in that. I don't feel like working up a fight today, y'all. You know, I came to work with my good shoes on, and I don't want to mess up my shoes, or, you know, I don't want to get my hair messed up. And, you know, when I mm-hmm. tell them that, they look at me, you know, and they think it's funny. We laugh about it. But respectfully, they don't do anything to tear our school. Now, mm-hmm. there are situations when, you know, they come here and, oh, my God, we've had some we've had some brutal fights where we've had to, you know, do some stuff. It was, it's been very unique. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you know, we're able to, you know, still because you have a relationship with them. Yeah. Once you can get one or two of them to comply, you know, it helps with the rest of them. And then, you know, even with the crowd control and, you know, just being able to allow them to understand or to recognize your voice and being able to respond when they hear me give a command and say, hey, stop, or hey, don't hit them. Or I've had to get in the middle of some very big boys, and I'm not very tall, I'm about 5'4". But I've had to get mm-hmm. in the middle of some very boys, and when I get in front of them, I, the first thing I say is, hey, look at me. It's Miss Davis. And when they look at my face and I say, don't hit me, because if they swing, they're going to hit me. But when they look mm-hmm. at my face and they realize it's me, they don't swing. And that's how, you know, I've been able to get a lot of our major campus disruptions to dissipate because I've developed a relationship with these babies. I let them know I talk the hood language to them. I talk all the cold talk. I have to learn all of that stuff so that I'm on their level so that when I communicate with them, I'm not speaking to them 
in language that they don't understand. I speak to them in the language that they understand. And sometimes it, you know, takes me violate my education, and that's okay. It works. Okay. Speaking of which, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about your path. How did you get here? How did you start? What uh, challenges you faced along the way? So we are coming back with Dean Melody Davis of Positive Pathways. And the number, if you have questions or comments, is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. Hi, I'm Tim Garrison. Uh, You may know me as Timmy G. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the architecture. And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, on KHAM Radio. Are you chilling? Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are talking with Dean Melody Davis of Positive Pathways here in Central Florida. If you have questions or comments, the number is 516 387 one nine four four, and I'm asking the question of her that I've asked of our guests over the past uh, week and a half. Uh, share with us your career path. Um, your, you know, it was in, in, you know, things that you took in school, things that you wish you to take in school. What was the catalyst for your decision to become involved in the educational decision, and uh, you know, what what challenges you met along the way? Well, um, so I can start off by saying I have been, this is my 23rd year in education. Um, I started off in education at a very young age. I'm not going to allow y'all to do the math on me, but (laughs) I was very, very young when I started off, and I actually started off as a teacher assistant at a school called Silver Star Center in the past, and it was pretty much the same structure of school where you had your students that would go to that school um, pretty much same setup, same concept. Um, I could say the difference at that time. Well, it was more so for students with learning disabilities at that time. Um, but the difference was, you know, you had your middle school students would go to school in one morning session, and then the high school students would go to school in the afternoon session. So with that being the case, um, and my passion has always been for students with, you know, behavior um I'm not going to say issues because they're not issues. Students that have, you know, behavior challenges. Because growing up in a home, being a pastor's kid, um, I was that child. And, you know, my sisters, they joke that currently, like, they tell me now, like, you know, mama still got PTSD because of how bad you were. And not that I needed to be. It was just, you know, me just being rebellious and just doing stuff. And I turned out just fine. So with that being the case, I realized that, you know, not – all students that do things are doing them, and they're not bad kids. They're just going through a phase because I went through that phase 
and I survived and I made it out and I'm doing very well. So I, you know, felt like it was my platform for ministry to be able to talk to the kids and let them know that, you know, you made this mistake, but it's not the end all be all. This is where I am. Look at what I, you know, who I've become. And I did some, I probably did some things worse than you. I just never got caught. So I started off, like I said, at a very young age at school, um, formerly known as Civil Star Center. It was the same type of setup. Um, I worked there, left there um, after about three or four years. I went over and worked at Jones High School for about two years. Left Jones High School, went and did about three years at the Orange Regional Juvenile Detention Center. Um, worked in the educational capacity there. Um, left there, went over and worked at Phyllis Wheatley Elementary. And I'm saying all this so that you can see that there's a pattern of me working with my inner city students. Um, Went over to Phyllis Wheatley for about four years, left Phyllis Wheatley, um, went over to Wolf Lake Middle School for a year, went over to, um, I went to Freedom High School, I'm sorry, I went to Liberty Middle School for two or three years, and I was at Freedom High School, and then after Freedom High School, I ended up working in at the district office and ESC transition support, and leaving after leaving there, I ended up here at Positive Pathways. So, you know, I've been around, um, had my hand in a lot to get a lot of experience, um, and it has, you know, been it's been a very, very good journey. Um, 23 years later, I never thought it would go by so fast, so for whoever's listening, if you just started off in a career, if it's something that you really, really love, save the course, because it will be fast, and you'll be able to say, well, you know, I can retire. Nonetheless, um, you know, I have a passion to work with the inner city kids. I love my kids. I love giving back to my kids. I love being able to tell my kids that you know, I love them and that things are going to get better. And, you know, even though you may be upset with your mom or your dad for whatever they did last night or whatever they didn't do or whatever, it's not your fault. Like, it will be okay. So that's my passion. And, again, I use it as a platform for ministry. It's bigger than just being a dean. It's bigger than just school. It's about being able to display the love of God, bottom line, to these kids. Because a lot of kids, so many kids nowadays that we don't even realize these kids just want to be loved. They want somebody. They want somebody to tell them that they love them. They want a hug. I had a boy come to my office a couple of years ago, and I'm gonna try to hold it together when I say this, but it broke my heart because he was hardcore thug, you know, um, gang banger, like the one of the roughest kids we had here. And he was in my office having a complete meltdown only because he told me that he wanted me to. He wanted to hear his mom tell her that she loved him. And so he cried, and I ended up crying, and I hugged on him, and I loved on him, and I told him how much I loved him. And, you know, I start teaching him some techniques on how to be more positive with his mama because, you know, she's angry with you because of your lifestyle. So we worked on different techniques and strategies to get his mom to be in a place of peace with him. Because I know I could, you know, as a parent, she probably was stressed out with his lifestyle. And before he left here, he came and he gave me the biggest hug, and we cried again. And he was like, my mom told me she loved me, and she was proud mm. of me because I'm leaving here. And it just, you know, at that very moment, I knew that it was a game changer for me. It's bigger than just education. Mm-hmm. So um, I, you know, have been doing that, like I said. And at this point, you know, I wish that I would have taken a different career path, but it's never too late. So I have mm-hmm. just been accepted into the master's program at Nova Southeastern University where I'll be studying education law starting September. 
because mm-hmm. I have a desire to be an advocate for our students because, again, there are also students on the other side of the coin that have been sent here that got railroaded, for lack of a better term, because mm-hmm. their parents don't know. The parents didn't know the right thing to say when they went to the meeting. The parents didn't know that, oh, I have this right. Or, you know, as you said, as you you know, with your um, the person that you had on yesterday, they had certain rights. And because they didn't know that they had certain rights and nobody ever taught them, they don't know. And so I would right. like to be the person sitting on the other side of the table to tell the parent, no, you don't allow them to do this to your child. You, We're going to challenge the district to make sure that they're doing, giving your child the proper treatment and the proper due process necessary. And you don't have to take what they're giving you because in all essence and in all reality, they didn't do, they, they, they you know, what should have been done to service your student. Or they didn't provide them with the extra layer of support so that your student didn't have to do whatever they did to feel like they needed to protect themselves. So I'm being, like I said, I'm excited about that journey. Um, and, you know, Wonderful. I'm going to fast track it and, you know, set myself away from society for a minute and try to take a bunch of classes. I, I really would like to have it done in a year. And hopefully by this time next year, I'll be able to say that I'm now an education advocate and I'm helping these kids get through some of these challenges that are being presented to them by the district because they just don't know that they have the opportunity or they have the right to say, I'm not doing that or I didn't do that. And because I didn't do that, you can't do this to me. You know, you're going to have to come back and, and share your journey, and, and when you get through it, you you know, you're going to have to come back and talk with us about it and, and, and where you're going after that. So, you you know, the invitation is yes. open. So, yes. so one of the things you, you mentioned, and, and I, I totally agree, and I think people need to understand, is not just about education. There are... Um, building blocks, there are stepping stones, um, there's components of, of not just academics, but there's components in terms of, of emotions, um, in terms of, you know, what type of you know, interaction that you have with the people that, that love you and that may be missing certain things that, that you need as, as a child, um, you know, and, and, you know, we get caught up, I, I think our, our adults kind of, get caught up and have to stay, take a step back too because a lot is demanded of them in terms of work and whatnot. And the whole thing about uh, rearing the child sometimes gets lost and, and it's, it's assumed that, you know, well, they're at school, there's certain things that they're going to get, but there's still maybe some, you know, holes in, in that in that path, you know. And so right. you've got to really, you've got to examine you know, how parents and the other family members and friends and, and church, because um, you, you said ministry, and I'm glad you said ministry because, you know, our, our lives are supposed to be a, a, a ministry. Um, and I don't think people come to understand that, and I'm glad you understand that. Um, we're, we're here yeah. for certain reasons. Uh, like we say, you know, you have the spirit, but you have different gifts you know, and, and yes. you're applying yours and other people have to realize what theirs are and how to apply them so that we, you know, make our society whole and make um, the children that are coming into our society that will take over um, whole. I think we forget that they're gotta, they've got to be prepared to take over and we have to prepare them to take over. So. Most definitely. 
So um, typical timeline, if there is such a thing, for a student that goes through the program successfully? Um, Like I said in the beginning um, of the podcast, students are assigned either 180 days, and those are kids that commit like the worst of the worst of the worst offense, Um, and they're not, they don't have a learning disability. They're not exceptional education learners. Um, So they are, you know, like I said, they're going to get 180 days, Um, but then you have the other students who probably commit an offense, but it's not as severe, but it's severe enough to where they can't be in school, they get um, 90 days. They get a 90-day stay here, and then the students that have um, learning disabilities, they also receive 90 days. So you have your 180 days, and you have 90 days. Now, let me also go back to this, because we do have some unique situations, and people don't understand this. So we have students that come from, and I'm going to put them all out there because I'm about to do this because it's wrong. We have students come from good old Osceola County. And when I say good old Osceola County, I say good old Osceola County because Osceola County have different discipline guidelines than we do. Mm. So when the students come from Osceola County, they give their students sometimes two years in an alternative placement. So what happens when the students come to Orange County from Osceola County? They got those good two years. They have to finish out those two good years. So there are times, you know, very unique, very rare when students come from other counties, other, you know, states, um, where we have to honor whatever they, whatever consequence they receive in that county. And so, you know, there are times when we have students that are here longer than the 180-day time frame, but it's not because it was imposed by Orange County Public Schools. It has been sanctioned by another county, and we are following through because, you know, with all due respect, when we send students to other counties from our school, we would like, you know, to them for them to make sure that they are making sure that, our, you know, our students are doing the same as in completing their term. Okay. So I did not realize that you were taking students outside of Orange County. That is very interesting. Um, so you're, I guess, your program is kind of a model for others in in Central Florida, um, and, and uh, the go-to program. I mean, so are are they not trying to um, put together similar programs in these other counties? What's going on with that? Because that seems to to put a bit of an unfair burden uh, on you and on Orange County and Orange County. Uh, you know, resources. Can you talk about that? No, 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 no. So, so no, no. So we don't like. So we're not. It's not a situation where when a student commits a level four offense in another county, they send them to our county to do their, um, to you know receive their consequence. What I'm saying is when okay. they commit a level four offense in Osceola County, Osceola County, they give them their consequence, but their consequence could be a maximum of two years, whereas our consequences are only one year. Now, if you have a student that lives in Osceola County, let's say a student lives in Kissimmee, and then they move, and now they, you know, their residence is in Orange County, they have to now attend an Orange County school. Because they transfer from Osceola County to Orange County, we still have to honor that consequence. So I'm not saying that, you know, they're using Orange County as a dumping ground. I'm saying, you know, the situation where students relocated, you have to move for whatever reason. And once they move and their new address says that now they are a student of Orange County Public School, 
whatever consequence they bring with them, when they bring their file and their Hume folder and their discipline folder and all that over, we honor what was given to them in that county as well. I see. Okay. Yes. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, I want to ask about um, get your your uh, insight on teacher shortages, and I want to get your insight about the challenges um, being presented. Um, to schools uh, from our, our government right now, so oh. we are here with. Okay, <laughs> you can you can say as little or as much as you want to say about it when we come back. This is Dee's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs owner and funeral director at Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community with two generations of family funeral service. With the recent addition of my son Brandon, we are here to take care of the needs of Central and West Orlando. From simple cremation to a full burial, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here to help you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. I'm Tim Garris, and I think I found a way to help you understand what is Chill Out Jazz. Tune in every Wednesday night at 10 on KHAM Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today with Dean Melody Davis of Positive Pathways here in Orange County. And uh, we don't have a lot of time, but I'm sure we could take a lot more time than we have talking about these two areas. So first of all, let's talk about teacher shortages. Um, You know, I mean, we have shortages in other disciplines as well, nursing um, being one of those, but um, teachers especially uh, are vital, you know, to the well-being of not just our children but our society as a whole because it, they, they're the ones that make sure uh, that, you know, our, our kids leave school with the right equipment to be able to, to go forward and either do further education or to go out into the work world, work world. So talk about what you see in terms of the problem um, getting more teachers or the right teachers. Well, um, it's a very, very sensitive subject for me um, because I guess, you know, with me being on the other side of the coin, there will quite naturally be a couple biases. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to be as unbiased as possible. The reality okay. is that, as we all know, teachers are overworked and paid. Um, we know that with the change in our um government, it has caused for a lot of changes and a lot of things that transpires that are not always in the best interest of the teacher and or the child. A lot of things are political stunts. A lot of things are a way to, you know, move money around um, and to do fraudulent things with funding. And I'm just being honest and transparent. So with all that being the case, you know, you have people that Still as if, you know, I have a passion or desire to do something, but I could also go and do something else and have less stress 
Um, when it comes to being an educator, our hands are tied. There's so much we can do. There's so much we can't do. But the reality says that being an educator, you're pretty much micromanaged by laws that have been put in place. And unfortunately, it's almost a question that you have to ask yourself, is it even worth the risk of losing everything that you have to come to be an educator because of one simple thing that somebody feels as if you did wrong and now you're in a position where you're, you know, you've been fired, you've been sued, you've been stripped with your teacher certification, but you can go and work in corporate America and not have those issues. So it becomes a question of is the reward greater than the risk? And I know you're probably saying, like, well, what do you mean by that? So, for instance, we have, like, I know, for instance, um, we had a very, we had a veteran teacher here, great teacher, veteran teacher, no nonsense, like, just an amazing, amazing person, right? And so, because students felt like they didn't like the delivery of the articulation because there was a cultural difference, the students sat in the classroom and filed a complaint in the classroom while this person was teaching their class with the Department of Education. What does that mean? So now we have this person who is doing their job, doing their job well, probably doing their job the best on campus, but because Johnny didn't like how I said the word the, and Johnny felt like I should have said the word the word the differently, and I said the word the with an attitude. Johnny filed a complaint with the Florida Department of Education, and now I have to be subjected to an investigation. I have to be subject to, you know, the stressors involved with now having to present a statement, having to go down to the district to explain or plead my case. Is the risk? greater than the reward in those cases. Mm-hmm. Then we have, yeah. you know, the government, like I said, um, you know, fighting about money and contract language and, you know, all of those things as far as if, um, you know, teachers deserve a raise or if teachers should get a raise. Like mm-hmm. all of those things play a part in why teachers are leaving. Um, but they continue to pile more work on you. They continue to want you to do more. They continue to want you to, you know, do, you know, more laws that come in place. And so now you have to do this. It's just become an overwhelming dictatorship led by people who have not one ounce of knowledge as to what really happens in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And so, again, people go and they say, oh, you know, I can go get a job at the Rosen Hotel and make more money than a first-year teacher makes. And I don't have to worry about if I'm going to have my job tomorrow. I don't have to worry about the stresses mm-hmm. of being up all night grading papers or, you know, having to call 30 parents because I've had 30 parents, you know, 30 students to misbehave today. I can go to work, I can clock in, I can clock out, and I can go home. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. it's gotten to a place to where it has been diluted, it has become a dictatorship, and because of that, um, people need money to survive. So I'm not going to say that it's not worth the money. Um, I'm not going to say that money is not an issue. But people need money to survive. The cost of living has increased in every aspect of everyone's life. Yet and still, you want the most important job or you want the most the people doing the most important job to continue to just come to work and, oh, well, let's fight for a year about what your pay increase should be and 
after a year, we'll, you know, we'll have an answer for you in a year. Well, what's going to happen in that year when I can't tell Duke Energy, oh, well, I, you know, hold on, don't increase my light bill this month because I got my job to decide if they want to give me a raise or not. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that's where we have gone. Um, and then as far as the LBGTQ, I know that's a very touchy subject, but I'm going to touch you. Okay. Um, with that, that 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 was a very 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 um hard situation because mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, you have people that have certain principles and values that they stand on in their personal lives, and so now I have to violate what I stand on and violate my beliefs because a education system said that I must do this because the governor said I must do that, is, again, the reward worth the risk. People don't want to feel like, again, that they have to do something that they are totally against because of what somebody else said that they must do. So, and not with just that, but, you know, and and, and there has been so many um, legalities that has, you know, been associated with that. There has been so many complaints that has been associated with that. So that's why I, you know, specified that because that's where you have heard a lot of people saying that Mm -hmm. enough is enough. This is it for me. Okay. So, um, and we're running out of time. We're going to have to have you back on another time, but how can the community support you and your uh, fellow uh, educators? What is there anything that the community can do to help? Um, well, I just ask that. Let's, as a parent, um, let's just recognize and realize that this. And I tell my colleagues this all the time. You see your kids at school. Your kids are with us for seven hours a day. There is nothing we can do in seven hours a day that you can't do in the other what twenty, the other fourteen hours, or how many hours it is that they're with you at home. So I say that to say it is a support system. We are a support system. We need your support. Parents, we need you to understand that when your kids come to school and they're having certain issues at school and we call you and say, hey, Samantha cuts the teacher out today. She cuts at home. So don't don't try to act like when we call you that you're surprised. Don't give us a hard time about things that you know your child is doing at home if they're doing them at home. We're not calling mm-hmm. you asking you to oh, change Samantha's behavior overnight. We're asking you to support us and to tell us, well, you know, Samantha cusses at home, but when she cusses at home, you know, it's allowed in my home. So what that what, what does that mean? I'm going to have now to, you know, accept the fact that Samantha's allowed to use this language at school, I mean at home, so I'm going to have to let Samantha know, Samantha, listen, I know you can use this language when you're at home, but you, this is not allowed at school. But don't make the job harder for us when we call you with certain situations. We're trying to do all we can to make your child a, a productive citizen for not only themselves but for you as a parent mm-hmm. because you're going right. to be the one that's proud to say, oh, my child mm-hmm. um, graduated, my child is this. We all rooting for you. Yep. It's a group effort. It takes a village, and it really, really takes a village. So I ask that parents, please, 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 please support your teachers. We're not calling to figure your child out. We're not calling to make you like a bad parent. We are calling you to get help so that we can make sure that we are doing all we can to provide your child the best quality of education that we possibly can. 
And when you're mm-hmm. riding through the neighborhood, if you actually in on this side mm-hmm. of town and you 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 ever want to stop by, please stop by and just come in and say hi to the people because we consider ourselves first responders. We are the front line. We are in the trenches. We are the hardest working school in Orange County because we have a school full of behavior issues under one roof. We don't have 1,300 square feet. We don't have 5,000 mm-hmm. square feet. We got 300 square feet in this one-bedroom apartment. So if you ever want to stop by, drop us off some donuts, you know, feel okay. free to do so. Dean Davis, Dean Melody Davis, thank you so much. We are going to have to have you back on. We are out of time. but So thank you so much for taking time for us today. And thank you all for being with us. This has been G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. Amen. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.